Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. We're on site tonight. We're here for the next two hours. We are right across the street from the University of Miami with the Thesis Hotel at the Hurricanes Team Store. And uh, we've left the, uh, we've left the, the, the doors are open. Uh, operating hours tonight are until 8 o'clock. So if you're in the area and you want to stop on by the Hurricanes team store, we are here. And we have with us Coach L. We have Dan Radakovich joining us and Katie Meyer all coming up live on the show right here at the team store across street from the University of Miami on US 1. The weather is kind of horrendous outside. Traffic's a little bit brutal. But we are here, and the team store has all kinds of uh, University of Miami merchandise. Great selection of clothing, hats, uh, merchandise for you, your pets, your car, more uh, game-worn football, baseball, and basketball jerseys. They're going to have weekly specials, all kinds of contests. Also coming soon to the store will be the website and custom and NIL jerseys as well. But for now, the store is open tonight until 8 o'clock, and we have all kinds of shirts and hoodies and uh, quarter zips, you name it, it's here at the store. And uh, most importantly, we have Hurricanes head coach Jim Laranega with us. Coach, good to see you. How you doing? Hi, Joe. I was doing good until I had to leave my office and come over here in the traffic. Oh, my goodness. And, I, you know, honestly, you know, people in, in Coral Gables are just so nice. But I don't know if they have, have a uh, driver's license. <laughs> no, they don't. Because I stood at the same light three times and no one moved. And I was like, come on, everybody, let's go. It took me 15 minutes to get from my office, which is across the street. Right. Two, two thesis and, and the, the, the U store. And I'm thinking to myself, I could have walked that three or four times, uh, but the traffic on US 1, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, typical South Florida uh, traffic, and, and lately the weather hasn't been cooperating. But uh, we're here. We're glad you're here. And uh, got a big game coming up against Florida State at the Wasco Center, 7 o'clock. Uh, ticket allotment for the students is sold out, so that's great. I think the place is going to be really percolating uh, on Wednesday night for Miami and Florida State. And you're coming off uh, a great win against Virginia Tech, which we're uh, watching here inside the store. Harry has it uh, replaying. The, replaying the game, but uh, that was a greedy win for your team. Yeah, it sure was, and I don't know. We're watching it. Is it is it uh, ACC Network now? Could anybody at home watch the end of the game? Because is it just uh, 33 seconds left, and I'm dying to know the ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make some big shots yeah. down the stretch and some big free throws. You know, I think Virginia Tech's home court advantage is tremendous because they, they sold it out. The students were there, despite the fact that the you know school hadn't started yet, and uh, the enthusiasm. They were singing before the game, yeah. Joe, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this place is crazy." Uh, they did have this Sean Padula, 
who I, I didn't think he could do it again. Now it's uh, three straight games of 20, over 25 points, over 30 points. I don't know if he thinks he's Trey Young or what. He's from Oklahoma, but uh, he was terrific. He really was. He had 33 points. He had 10 rebounds. Yeah. He's six one. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know it, it was a great game from start to finish. Bensley Joseph started on him. Bensley's a great defender. Then we moved Keyshawn George onto him because Keyshawn is taller, like six eight. And then we finished up with Matthew Cleveland guarding him. And at some point, Nigel Pack guarded him. So a lot of different guys uh, tried to stop him, but he he had a sensational game. Uh, you put Keyshawn on him, I think, to start the second half. And I do think uh, he disrupted him a little bit, and that's right about the time where you shifted the game into your, uh, into your favor. Well, I, I think, you know, not every player plays great every night. And so you get really, as a coach, you're trying to find the right combination the guys who just fit in together that, that day. And uh, Keyshawn's been a, a heck of an addition for us. He's only a freshman. He's 6'8". He can shoot the three. He can handle the ball. He's improved dramatically at the defensive end of the floor. And if you look at it now, we have kind of have six starters. Bensley, Nigel, Wooga, Matthew, and norshad those are the guys who start and then Keyshawn comes in off the bench and he has started a number of games because we've had so many injuries um uh matt cleveland played really well the other night led you in scoring i'll get to nigel in a minute but matt cleveland turned in another uh spectacular performance for you uh he's had three straight games of over 20 points so he's rolling you know, Matthew, Matthew Cleveland, of course, he played at Florida State for two years. He's a very good player. And what I like about Matthew is he's being so efficient. You know, he's shooting very good percentages. He's he's really doing a good job of, of uh, sharing the ball, not forcing anything. And, and then when he gets his opportunities, like the other night, I think his first basket was like a fast break dunk. Right. You know, we got a steal, and he got out there, and he dunked the ball, and then he hit a three, and then he gets a – uh, a pull-up jump shot and gets a rebound, gets an assist. So he's having a very, very good uh, season, and uh, he's got very good balance in his own game. 21, 22, and 23, his last three games. Yeah. Uh, also, you mentioned uh, layups, but there have been times, uh, I think he looks for this, and probably you incorporated this, he grabs the rebound, and he's tough to stop. He, he'll go from one basket to the other and finish. Well, here's, here's the thing about his speed, that if he gets a rebound, he has the green light to push it. And when you push it in the open court, he has to have the ability to make a, a really good decision. One of the decisions might be to hit a guy for a three. Another might be just to pass the ball a, ahead. But when he sees that there's a window for him to continue to attack, he'll go to the basket and lay it in or dunk it. Uh, Nigel Pack had some savory stats also for you against Virginia Tech. 19 points, made three threes, he had eight rebounds, and he had five assists. Again, Nigel had a complete game, very well-balanced game. You know, when you think about um, 19 points, five assists, no turnovers, uh, and four rebounds, that's a complete game for him. And he's a point guard, and you would think he was going against Padula, but no, we matched matched him up with with uh, MJ Collins. You know, every game is so different. Uh, we're going to face face a Florida State team that switches everything one through five. 
So we got to be prepared for all that. Every game, every opponent has a different strategy. So we need to get ready for Florida State now. Yeah, most people say Florida State is the most unique defensive team in the league. Uh, the way they deny, maybe face guard and all the switching. Yeah, uh, not not many teams totally deny all over the court. Not many teams switch one through five. You know, when your 6'10", 7-foot big man is switching out onto your guard, a point guard like Nigel, who's six feet, um, you know, it's, it's tough on both of them. Mm-hmm. It's tough on the big guy because he's not used to guarding guards like that. And it's tough on the guard because he's not used to going against a guy that's, you know, that tall. So you have to you have to be really really smart playing against Florida State's defense. It is a, another very interesting week for you because uh, it is Florida State at home, and then Syracuse on Saturday. That's an early game, twelve o'clock, but a different kind of Syracuse team, right? Not not playing the Jim Beheim two three zone. Well, Adrian Autry is the new head coach at Syracuse. Joe, I interviewed him for a job at George Mason about maybe 15 years ago. And he was he was looking to get into coaching. He was living in the Washington, D.C. area. And um, uh, I had a position open on my staff. I ended up choosing somebody else. And then Seth Greenberg hired him <laughs> at Virginia Tech. So he, he, he didn't get a job in the mm-hmm. Colonial. Instead, he got a job in the ACC. And so Jim Beheim, the head coach of, of Syracuse for, you know, a century, uh, he, he uh, liked that Adrian Autry got some good college experience, good ACC experience. So he hired him years ago to be his right-hand man. And uh, now with Jim Beheim retiring, Adrian Autry is the, the head coach and a fine young man, going to do a great job. That'll be a heck of a challenge. We got J.J. Starling, who was AACC Rookie of the Year uh, last season from Notre Dame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys transferring within the league. Is, is, is this it's crazy. college athletics yeah. crazy or what right now? Yeah. So J.J. Starling um, and Judah Mintz are great backcourt. And I don't really want to talk about Syracuse right. too much because we got to really focus Florida on State, Florida right. State. But you got to know, you know, Everything is changing. There's going to be new rules, uh, new recruiting rules, new recruiting calendar. And people probably don't know that there's a calendar for recruiting where there are days you can't go out at all. There there are days that, that it's called dead, that, you know, nothing can be done. Um, and then there's evaluation days, but those are, are, are limited so for an entire staff, now that's four guys, me and my three full-time assistants, we have 100 days to recruit from the start of, of school in September till the end of, of uh, April. So that's not a lot, yeah. Joe. It used to be I, I recruited myself 200 days in right. the year. How, how different, um, I guess your, your calendar is different from the football calendar. They seem to get jammed up in December. It appeared that maybe college basketball, you were jammed up in July uh, with all the tournaments and things like that. But is it now April? What, what, does it get congested for you in terms of you know postseason well, and then jumping yeah, back into recruiting? Yeah, here, here's the way I look at it. There are seasons. Right. The recruiting season 
for juniors and high school players starts in April. Now, you can recruit them before that, but I'm saying it really, you go and evaluate them in April. You can recruit them all through May, all through June, July, August, September, October, and those high school kids normally sign in November, the early signing period. Then during this school year, during the season, the basketball season, you go out and you evaluate, again, the the juniors, but you don't really talk to them. Uh, but then in April, again, you're back at it. The difference is now in April, you're recruiting the portal as oh, yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So you're not recruiting seniors anymore. You're recruiting the portal and high school juniors. And that's when it becomes really hectic. Last last year, we get to the Final Four, we get home, and then all of a sudden the portal opens up. we got to find guys. Isaiah Wong's moving on. Jordan Miller's moving on. Other guys are transferring. So we're, we're searching to get a transfer student in, in April and May, and that's how we end up with uh, Matthew Cleveland. I'm going to ask you about Forest State here uh, in one second. One other question about uh, recruiting. I was watching some uh, – uh, NFL stuff that their, their season, they're in the postseason and all that, and people are talking about um, how they're going to change their team. And and I was thinking, um, well, one team that was victorious had a lot of young players, and and the thought was actually it was a Bill Walsh thought, and it was in the book that we talked about um, uh, about the score. Right? The score will take care of itself. That he, one of his philosophies was young players. He would rather lose a game in September. Uh, playing a young player because in December he would win the game, and but he would get games out of young players. So when you look at recruiting, and especially the portal, how important is it? How important is durability? Knowing that if you get a guy, whether I guess high school or portal, um, they can't help you if they can't play, right? Yeah. Here, here, here's the problem now: the NCAA selection committee values every game in November. December, January, February, and March, all the same. And that's a problem because if you got a young team or a young player who you want to play and you play them and you know, you know what, probably going to hurt us in the short run, but really help us in the long term. And now you're saying to yourself, boy, if it costs us a game, we might not make the NCAA tournament because this will look like mm-hmm. a bad loss. So you can't really give them the experience. I have, I have felt for a very long time that the NCAA has missed a golden opportunity to really uh, give college coaches and college players the chance to adjust just by letting them scrimmage. You know, you don't, you, you don't have to play ACC teams. We, we, we could play all the local teams here. And, and you get four or five scrimmages where you can play your young guys and see how far along they are and – but, man, we, we scrimmaged. We had one scrimmage. We scrimmaged Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was good. But it was difficult. You know, it was, I couldn't play my young guys because we, they were – we played them. But, Joe, my point is, I, at that scrimmage, the coach of, of Florida, Todd Golden, said to me, I, I really want to play it like a game. So no multiple substitutions. Don't just play your young guys. I want to be tested. And because we were uh, top 10 in the preseason, he's trying to figure out how good his team is. And it was a terrific scrimmage, but I didn't play my young guys much. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, you know, I look, at, I look at what you're trying to do to build a, a team and a program, and 
and you've got to think to yourself, okay, if I lose a game in November or December, will that really hurt me in March? And I don't think it should, uh, but I'm not on the selection yeah, committee. Now it does. Well, that net is hard to figure out. I was talking with an analyst, basketball analyst the other day who said the Big 12 is doing very well in the net, and the reason they're doing well in the net is because a lot of their teams played teams 200 and below and beat them by a whopping score. The net values not just the win, where you win, home, away, or neutral, and how much you win by. So a game like we played against Stonehill when we won by 40, that impresses the net. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know why, but beating somebody by 40, unfortunately, that means at the end of those games, if I want to play – a walk-on or somebody who's, you know, not, not going to really contribute, and the lead goes from 40 down to 30 in the last two minutes, oh, that's not as good. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Um, Florida State tomorrow night, uh, expecting a big crowd. Uh, I think one of the challenges, or I, I'll ask you, one of the challenges must be they play 11 guys, right? I mean, they're in and out. Yeah. It's like a hockey team. So keeping track of the matchups, uh, they have – they re- want to rely uh, uh, on their athleticism and their length. Yeah, you know, they're the tallest team in the country, and and uh, they play a lot of guys. They shuttle them in and out, and their depth kind of wears you down. Their success comes when they turn you over, and turnovers have been a killer for us mm-hmm. this year. So we've got to handle the ball well against their pressure. We've got to make good decisions. And if we do, you know, that, that that's encouraging. Um their depth, we probably have to use our bench a little bit more. We've only gone seven deep in the last two games. Tomorrow we might have to go uh, eight, nine deep. They uh, they are best, right? You mentioned turning t- uh, teams over. Um, is the key to try to get them into a half-court game? No, no, no. Uh, we want to get them in a half-court game by just playing good defense, mm-hmm. you know, getting back. But the, the whole key getting back is don't turn the ball over because they'll score in transition after a turnover. Our key is we got to get stopped so we can get into the open court. And I, I would imagine this will be a very high-scoring game. Did you have to uh, – Matt Cleveland, I mean, it's his former team. Does, uh, you talked to him a little bit about not getting – too hyped for that, I guess. Yeah, right? I, I told him, look at Matt, you, you know – I don't know how you feel, but you're playing great. Just play your game. Don't worry about them. If there's any distractions, you know, try to ignore it. Don't don't end up messing up your own game because of who we're playing. No matter who we play, it's going to be a tough opponent, and you got to play well. Uh, Jameer Watkins, unique player for them, right? Leads them in scoring, rebounding, assists, and steals. Well, He's a complete player at his size. Well, I don't know, six five, six six, six mm-hmm. seven. He's got a lot of game, meaning he can shoot the three, he can post you up. He's very, very good driving to the basket. He's physically strong. He plays defense. He rebounds. So, you know, we we saw a guy like him last week against Louisville in Mike James. Mm-hmm. He's same kind of player. Yeah. Um, you always enjoy the matchup with Florida State, too, because of, of the rivalry. And you've been here in Miami for 13 years. So you, you understand the rivalry, not only in basketball, football, baseball, academics, the whole deal. Yeah, really true. And I talked to the team about that. 
I said, our rivalry with Florida State is very much like Carolina and Duke, very much like Ohio State and Michigan. You know, it's it's the the school that you compete with all the time in everything. And I, I think our players know and, and uh, are looking forward to the game. You know, I think we'll be healthy. Uh, so uh, hopefully if we're healthy, we'll play well. I know what to, before I let you go, I did want to bring up, uh, because I think this is kind of unique and fans would like this. Um, so the, last week before the Virginia Tech game, you showed a little clip to your team, Gladiators. And the line was, uh, I guess it was Russell Crowe. Russell right? Crowe. Russell Crowe says, whatever comes out of that gate, whatever comes through those gates, if we stick together, we'll survive. And that was kind of your message to your team. Whatever Virginia Tech brings out of that locker room, right? And it worked. Well, you know, Gladiator, is, it was a very popular movie uh, um, in its day. Russell Crowe was obviously a tremendous actor. The role of Gladiator, where he was a general in the Roman army, and they tried to kill him. They killed his family and ended up, he became a slave and eventually a gladiator and then came back to Rome. And his whole thought was, hey, I don't want to die here in the Roman Colosseum. My goal, my goal is to kill the, uh, <laughs> the emperor. So when the uh, gates were going to open, he pulled all the gladiators together and said, we got to be a team. Uh, anybody been in the army? Can you take orders? I'm a general. Follow my lead. And they did. And, and they won. And eventually he killed the uh, emperor. I guess that's going to be the challenge, you know, uh, in college athletics going forward. You have a lot of one-year teams now trying to bring bring everybody together in a short amount of time. Really, really true, Joe. You know, for years, century, everybody built their program. Mm-hmm. You, you you brought in freshmen. They learned the system. They played a little bit then as sophomores. and But your main guys were the juniors and seniors. Those guys would graduate, and then everybody would be elevated. And uh, now, that's definitely not true. You know, players are heading to the NBA. They're heading to the transfer portal. They're looking for other opportunities. You know, with transfer portal and NIL, there's no way of knowing who you're going to have on your team the following year. Well, we appreciate you coming by here tonight. Beautiful store, isn't it? Gorgeous. The U. Yeah. Right at their own store next, now. Next door to Thesis, or are we a part of Thesis, or are we we uh, just next door to it and it's kind of attached to it? We're attached to it. Yeah, like I'm attached to you, Joe. That's right. Yeah. On the radio. <laughs> How are you doing with the stacking game? Oh, stack the states. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know a lot of history about our country. So we did pretty good the other day. We did very yeah. well. You did very well. I, I put you on the spot. <laughs> we had to stack the states before the Virginia Tech game. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. We're going to have to do that then tomorrow, tomorrow. night. Yeah. Right. I better I better do some more research. Better study. <laughs> research on the states. All right, Coach. Thank you very All right, much. Joe. All right. Thank you. University of Miami head coach Jim Laranega. About ready to walk out and get inside his Williamson Cadillac. Just like, uh, just like I do, because Williamson Cadillac, uh, yeah, you want to get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle in a new Cadillac from Williamson. New models are arriving daily at Williamson. This means Williamson Cadillac is sure to have the new vehicle you're looking for, the CT4, the CT5, the XT5. I'm driving the XT4. Coach talked about traffic earlier. Well, the XT4, you kind of can get around. You gotta, every now and then you need to make that, you know, 
little slalom move to advance through 75 or, you know, dart your way to the front on the Palmetto. You can do that in the Williamson Cadillac XT4, maybe the XT6. And right now they have the all-new electric Lyric. The Lyric is – I'm going to try that out. I have not driven an electric car yet. That would be an electric SUV, but they have it at Williamson, the electric Lyric. So get the most out of the South Florida lifestyle in a new Cadillac from your premier luxury dealership located on US-1, just south of the Palmetto. Nobody, I mean nobody, treats customers better than Williamson Cadillac. Williamson Cadillac, Williamson is Miami.